Welcome to the 234th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on May 26th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's back from his quote-unquote sabbatical and currently recuperating on a full course of antibiotics, Carlos Rodella. I'm back, baby. I'm back. How was Southeast Asia? I didn't go there. But, um, really? Well, I no, guess officially nice. you didn't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not telling you where I went. I went somewhere undisclosed, remember? Undisclosed location, your black site down in the in the badlands of, uh, of wherever. I think it was considered the badlands, so we can say that much on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, and in these, in quotes, badlands, I played Mass Effect the whole time. Oh, nice. So you were in the badlands in a black site, undisclosed location, but you did have a console. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my oh, PS5 and my Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Excellent, excellent. We will be talking about that in greater detail very shortly. Uh, but before we get to that, first, welcome back. You were missed. It's good to have you back, sir. Thank you, and thank you to Corey for uh, filling the seat and keeping it warm. And Absolutely. Uh, I listened to some of the episode, and it was great. Excellent. Yes, Corey is a great seat warmer. I'm sure uh, all his friends know that. So It's a little on. too warm, though, if I just got to say that. It's like a little uncomfortable warm, so... I had you to lift cool up for a few a seconds, it'll kind of dis- dissipate, and you can get yeah, back with some more yeah. comfortable temperature. Anyway, enough talking about the temperature of Corey's butt. Let's move on and start Jeez. doing some housekeeping. Uh, as we know, we split a house duct tape down the middle. I actually have a couple things on my side this week, just two things. Carlos, Ooh. how's your side looking? It looks uh, medium full. Medium full. Okay, uh, why don't you go first, and then I'll round it out. Okay. And by the way, I mean to say this before uh, we get started. I need to say it now. I mean to say it every episode. Whenever you introduce the podcast, you say 2021. Well, in the past, you said 2020 or whatever, yes. 2019. But either way, once you started saying 2020, and then once you started saying 2021, I have not said this since, and I've wanted to say it every time, but it is not the future. Because the way you, you say it, it makes it feel like it's the future, you know? When I look at that number in the script, it looks like the future. But I know, it's and I feel that you, that's I feel that's what you're trying to say. And it's so funny, because every time I hear it, I'm about to go like, Brad, is it though, really? You know, because it doesn't I mean, feel like the future. And yet it is. Here and we are living in the future. The future is now the present, and the past is still the past. Yes. When I look at that like, number, yeah, it just every there's, time. There's no flying cars. There's no hoverboards. There's, you I know. know. No jetpacks. Okay, I, not I got that, that on my anyway. system. Okay. I just yeah. it just bothered me every time I had to say it. I feel it because it bothers me <sighs> every time, dude. It feels weird to say 2021. It feels like I should be like landing in my fucking. I should be teleporting in <laughs> from the Enterprise or something. Yes. I should be wearing my my uh you know I don't know my alien alien friend is with me. They're gonna guest on the podcast. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Where's like Where's Rosie from the Jetsons? You know. I know. Right? Oh I know. wait, she's like you can't do that. I think she's canceled. Is she? Why is she canceled? Well, she's kind of like the old school maid. I don't know. Just, I guess people still have maids, right? Is that maids bad? are still a thing? I mean, I don't know. Okay. Is it bad? I don't know. It's a job. Okay. I mean, all I know it, is that now when we start the podcast, we should do like doot 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 when you say the date. We're broadcasting from the future. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Housekeeping for Housekeeping. real. Go. Um, I found a video of us that if you want, we can tweet out. Uh, I'll find. I guess I'll just upload it to YouTube, or I think it is uploaded to YouTube already. 
And it was before I joined the So Video Games podcast, and I called you up on a Skype call. We did video. We did. I don't remember this. What are we talking yeah. about? Yeah. And we, now here's the thing. We were just catching up. You know what I mean? Like just, but you and I can't do that. We just did a show. Like it was a podcast. And I don't, I think I was maybe going to use it for something, but we ended up just doing a So Video Games podcast. So it is episode zero of our version of the podcast. So we should probably release it. Interesting. Send me the link. I'll have to look. I do not remember doing this at all. I, I know. No I don't either. I have two uh, YouTube accounts. Are you sure it's One, us? It's, it is. It just looks like us. One guy's <laughs> named um, Charles, but it, it looks like Carlos. <laughs> but no, no, no. It's in my other YouTube account. So I have one that's my main one, a lot of things. And then the other one's just like Carlos Rodella. And I had not put anything on that except for some reason used it for us to do a show. Interesting. Okay. Well, send us the link. Uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I'll take. I got to take a look because I have zero recollection of it. Yeah, I didn't watch all of it. I, I, I got to be honest because it's, it's pretty boring, right? It's pretty. Bo- <laughs> it's just us, you know, talking. <laughs> but no, no, we actually talk about some really cool stuff and some cool game stuff. And uh, I watched the beginning of it, and it seemed like it would be, was going to be a good episode. So I'll send you the link. You a okay it, and if you do, we'll share it with the listeners. As long as I don't have like spinach in my teeth or something, I'll put it up in the Why? notes, and people Why? who want to see that can see it. Why would you have had spinach? I don't time? know. Why? why I don't, I, maybe I just randomly had spinach that day. I'd be embarrassed if I had spinach my teeth on a YouTube video. I think you do have spinach in your teeth. God damn it. So we'll, we'll release that anyhow. Anyways, the other thing is um, next state of play is May 27th, which means the day after we record this. So Thursday, right? Oh, yeah. That's, that's tomorrow. Yeah, it is. Tomorrow for us in the, in the or, past. Or yesterday, if you're listening to this on the day that the podcast comes out. Yeah. So, and they are basically what they should have done last time. They're just calling it the Horizon Forbidden West state of play. Oh, yeah, because people were disappointed they didn't show too much last time, right? Yeah. It was too focused, too focused. Last time it was two games that they took for like two minutes, and then it was just Ratchet and Clank. So, anyways, that's cool. Now that I know it, my expectations are set. I want to know more about Horizon Forbidden West. Cool. Although I still don't like the name of that game. We've never uh, talked about that, have we? No, what is it you don't like about it? It doesn't feel right. Say it. Say it real quick. Horizon Forbidden West. I don't know. Ugh. I mean, it's, it, you know, I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't grab me. But then again, I'm not the biggest Horizon fan to begin with. So it doesn't. Yeah, but just as a name in general, it like it's clunky. Forbidden and, is kind of a weird word to put in a title. It is. That's yeah. the word. I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway. But, and by the way, I, you shouldn't say it's forbidden. You want people to play your game. <laughs> We're going to talk about this game, and you do not have access to this game. Horizon Welcoming West. How about that? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that's also kind of weird, but maybe slightly better than Forbidden West. So, two more things. Uh, someone, what did I put down? Oh, someone rebuilt the PS5 to make it smaller. Uh, I'll try to find the link and give it to you. We can put it in the show notes. I think it's really cool to see that because they took it apart. They got rid of those kind of, in my opinion now, ridiculous fins. Uh, I, I, ugh, I hate the way yeah. the PS5 looks, dude. Real talk, I hate the way it looks. I think I'm like, you know how some people say things grow on you? Mm-hmm. I think it's ungrowing on me. It, it grew off of you. Yeah. yeah, it grew off of me. Because I definitely, it's and it's too bright. Like the lights that are on it are too bright. Uh, I don't know why those lights are on. I had the, It was like totally dark and I was watching just like a movie on Netflix or something. And the lights on the PS5 are there. Like staring in the eye when you're watching it, right? Yeah, just on the distance. So anyways, uh, they rebuilt it. I'll put a link. I'll give it to you and put in the show notes. I think it's really cool because it's much smaller, like crazy smaller. I mean, it's weird to me that they went so big. And I know that I am not a computer engineer. I'm sure that they had their reasons at the time. But, I mean, 
it's like inevitable that these consoles are going to get smaller. They're all going to do the next iteration. There's going to be the next Xbox, the next PS5. They're going to be smaller. I mean, I I think they should have tried a little harder to get smaller right out of the bat. But yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird to watch what someone did. Of course, you know, people will come up with an idea and fix something because they're crafty. You know, exactly. People, people are brilliant. Figure yes. it out. Yeah, they are brilliant. Uh, so, anyways, check that out. And then last th- lastly is uh, Chu High Labs, friend of the show, Kinsey Burke and Kinsey Burke. The developers and publisher, True High Labs, friend of the show as well. Uh, They are sending me a code, full disclosure, as you say, for their new VR snowboarding game. Is it specifically VR or is it is it VR capable? No, I think it's specifically VR. Specifically VR. Okay. It's remember, I think I told you uh, a couple of shows ago. It's made from some of the people who worked on 1080 snowboarding. Yeah, I think we did talk about that. And I can handle even movement VR pretty well now. I have Oculus Quest Two. And that's what I'll be playing it on. And the embargo's up on Friday. So when this uh, podcast goes up, the embargo will be up. So that's how I can talk about it a little bit. And uh, hopefully I will, uh, yeah, be able to take a, talk about it next episode. So cool. I'm going to try it, and it's going to be crazy. And I'm going to, like, probably scream in my apartment. But I'm going to do it. I'm and which it. VR platform are you going to be playing that on? Oh, uh, Oculus Quest 2. Okay, cool. Excellent. All right. All right. There's um, that. That is my business. Although, before I go for my housekeeping, which is pretty much clean, a couple of pieces of lint. I heard that you uh, figured out a, a, an update in the longing that you could actually set up the character to go do his own thing now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to mention it to you, but since we're talking about it here. Yeah. You know, uh, we talked about the longing a couple episodes ago, and we were both kind of like, eh, maybe it works better as PC because you could just like alt tab out do something else and come back when your little character has done his task. For those of you who didn't catch that episode, or maybe you don't know, the longing is a game where you play a game for 400 real time days and you're stuck in this cave and you have to do these different tasks, but your character walks super slow, like the slowest character walk I've ever seen in a game. And everything you do takes time. Like opening a door takes two, like real time, two hours carving a crystal out of the wall takes like an hour of real time. Like, so it's like, you don't want to just sit there and watch it, but you've got to get it done. So on PC, you would tell the little dude, hey, go open the store or hey, go carve this crystal and I'll come back. And when I come back after doing something else, you'll be done. Right. And that function, I swear it wasn't there when the game launched. I really feel like it wasn't. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really feel like it wasn't. Um, and they've updated the game, I think, at least twice since we talked about it. And the last time I came to it, I opened up the game and I'm like, whoa, he, he did the thing. And I tested it. And if you tell him to go do something and then just quit out of the game, when you come back, if enough time has passed, he'll have done the thing. So now it works just like it worked on PC. That's cool. And also, but he can only do one thing, right? You can't like tell him. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. one thing at a time. There's no queuing up actions. It's just like you tell him to walk somewhere or tell him to carve something or tell him to do something, but just one thing at a time. So you got to right. kind of check back every so often. Well, that's still cool, though. And uh, I will jump back into my version because I still have it on Steam. And yeah, the game hasn't ended because I started it like late last year. So I have a lot of days to go still. Oh, man. Well, there's lots to talk about. And there's a lot of secrets in that game. Um, We're not going to spoil it here, but I have been talking to uh, Gaming in the Wild uh, on Twitter. Love his podcast, by the way. Um, Very relaxing. Very cool. Um, Great podcast. But we've been chatting about this game because he's playing it also. And there's a lot of secrets that we are kind of like comparing notes and i'm like oh shit i didn't know you could do that and then he's like oh shit i didn't know you could do that and so we're kind of like um having this little moment where we're kind of just like vibing together in this game which is pretty cool so i found some cool things to the game i'm still playing it i still really like it 
Um, so yeah, we'll talk about it. Maybe like maybe when it's all said and done, we'll talk. We'll about continue it. to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, real quick, that gives me one quick tangent. I was talking to my buddy Nate, uh, who did Cosmicoria, which is a game we reviewed on this podcast a million years ago. And uh, I was talking to him about my game that I want to make, which I've also mentioned on this podcast before, uh, called Blip. And it sounds very fim- similar to that, where I want my game to. I just love the idea of like a, a setting your character up to do stuff, and then just like checking in on him. Like I love that. I, I don't think many games do that. You know, it's not super common. Yeah, not too common. Yeah, it's almost like a mini sim like game, the one I want to make, and that seems like what parts of the longing does, which is kind of cool. So. Cool to that. Any other housekeeping for you, sir? Yeah, I've just got a couple really quick things. First, I want to give a shout out to Sadie Flea uh, from Twitter, longtime friend, uh, very close dear friend who uh, has written for Game Critics and I believe was on the podcast a million years ago, like the Game Critics podcast a couple times, if memory serves. Um, she tweeted this morning something that I had kind of forgotten about. So like when the original Nier came out, everybody's talking about Nier, Nier Automata, the new Nier replicant just came out a couple weeks ago, whatever. Everybody's like on a Nier kick right now. But back in the day when the original first Nier came out, it was not cool. No one liked it. No one thought it was even good. And it was like the, it was like the target for the entire industry for like a month or two. People that were like big on YouTube were making fun of it. There were memes about how stupid it was and everybody was just dogpiling on it at the time. Um, Mm. It was very, that was very prevalent at that time. Um, And in true game critics fashion, we were swimming upstream on that one because all of us really liked it. We really liked Nier a lot. We recognized that it had some issues. It had some problems, a little rough, but we all saw like the goodness on it. And we actually talked about it several times in the podcast. You can even go back to listen to that show if you can find it in the archives or be, we wrote about it many times, so we're on record like years ago about this. Anyway, uh, Sadie was one of the core members of that group where we would like to constantly talk about Nier and we would, uh, you know, rep it on Twitter and we would talk to other people about it and try to convince them that it wasn't a pile of dog shit because everybody thought it was a pile of dog shit. Hmm. So uh, we did a podcast. I believe it was one of our Game of the Year pod or, you know, year end GOTY podcasts or whatever. And we chose Nier, the original Nier, as the underappreciated game of the generation. Oh, that makes Um, sense. We are on record as picking that. And we are so fucking on record that Yoko Taro actually heard the podcast and sent us a tweet and said, hey, Game Critics picked my game as underappreciated. Thank you, Game Critics. Like, he responded to us and heard it before anybody knew who he was, right? And now he's, like, famous. He wears the mask and stuff. So, I, you know, I was... It was surprising because I had kind of forgotten a lot of this, but Sadie was like, oh, here's the tweet. Here's Yoko Taro responding to us. And remember when we did the podcast? I'm like, fuck, we did. We were so right. And she said, you know, hey, we were right. Everybody else who likes Nier now, you all came to the party way late because we were on this way back in the day. Not to be like a hipster or anything, but to be perfectly honest, I took so much shit. We all took so much shit for for stepping up for this game. Like we said, it was good. We said it was the story was great. The ideas were great. And we were like the laughing stock, dude. I remember we took so much heat from everybody. Everybody thought we were idiots. They threw vegetables and at you and stuff. And exactly. Fruit. The rotten yeah. tomatoes, the cabbage yeah. leaf and all that shit. Now, fast forward a couple years, everybody's like, Nier's the greatest. Nier's great. I love Nier. Oh, the soundtrack's so great. Writing's so great. Blah, blah, blah. They Best all sound like that, dude. They sound just like that. Literally just like that. Yeah. And it's like, not to say I told you so, but yeah, totally fucking told you so. We are on record as saying so. And Yoko Taro even fucking knew we said it. And he was glad we fucking said it. So I just want to like roll around in that for a little bit because 
it was so shitty back then getting those hate tweets getting hate mail it was awful um but now we are vindicated so saini thank you so much for bringing that up um I'm glad that somebody remembered and I'll have to go dig that stuff out at some point. But anyway, yeah, yeah have your, I told you so moment. I mean, we don't get to have them much. You know what I mean? I know. So right. Revel we in it. Totally. Totally. Fucking told y'all. So I just saw you rolling around when you said totally, totally. I, roll. Yes, I am literally physically totally rolling, rolling around it and I'm reveling in this because it's a moment of sublime vindication. Yeah. So I'm nice. going to take this moment. All right. Are you going to, are you stop? Are you finished? Roll. You I might talk rolling. about it for 20 more fucking minutes. Well, you're still so rolling good. on the ground. I can't even, virtu- I virtually am <laughs> picturing you still rolling around. I'm still rolling. Can here. you get up or can we do uh, the No, podcast? no, I'm, I'm, t- I'm too deep in the ecstasy right I now. I guess I'll start. Up. Okay. Hey, my, the next, the first game is. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Sadie. I really appreciate it. And boy, it feels good to be on the right side of history with that one. Okay. Moving on. Uh, just one more thing. Quick shout out to uh, good man, Thief of Hearts, another longtime friend, longtime Game Picks reader. Great guy. I love Thief. Uh, he sent me a DM a while ago, and he's like, Hey, man, I know you like Galaxy Rangers, and there is a t-shirt that I think you should have. And he sent me the link, and I checked it out, and I'm like, God damn it, you are correct. I must have this t-shirt. Bought the t-shirt, literally wearing it right now. So I wanted to say shout-out to Thief, because I never would have seen this shirt if he hadn't given me the tip on it. And I I love the Galaxy Rangers. Are you familiar with Galaxy Rangers? Yes. I We played it. We talked about it on the show. I can't remember anymore. We must have talked about it in the show. It's like we from did. the 80s, a cartoon with a bunch of techno cowboys in outer space. It yeah, has yeah, one of the yeah, most yeah. badass intro sequences of like all time. Like the music just fucking rocks and it's all gets you super pumped for every episode. Like so good. I love the Galaxy Rangers. Anyway, uh, shout out to Thief. Thank you very much, sir. Wearing this shirt with pride. And I'm very glad you sent me that link. So props. And that is all I have to report for housekeeping right now. Nothing else cool. on your side? No, that's good? It. we're clean. Let's go to games. All right, let's go into games. In a surprise move, I'm going to go first this time because I have a couple of quickies that I want to just like get off the plate real quick here. So first off, uh, a game called Crossroads Inn just came out for Xbox. It's been on PC for quite a while. has a pretty good fan base. A lot of people really like it. Basically, it is an inn simulator. You are some kid. Uh, you're taking over like an inn, like an old you know medieval serving ale, flagons of ale or whatever. People are riding horses outside. And so you start the game with your uncle. He's the old innkeeper. He's getting you to be the new innkeeper. And you like, it's one of those little sims, kind of top-down sim, where you like rearrange the walls of your inn and you can place little Mm -hmm. chairs where you want them to be. And then you kind of like, what do you want to serve? And how many people, you know, like, you just kind of like manage the thing, right? So I was really actually excited about this and um, started up on Xbox, got through the tutorial. I'm like, yes, this is cool. This is nice and chill. This is something I want to play right now. Unfortunately... Pretty buggy. Um, I could not get through the tutorial because a glitch happened and I couldn't finish the game. I couldn't even finish the, like step one of the tutorial. Unfortunate, but the developers know about it. They're working on it. Um, so I will come back to it. I was really bummed, man, because I was really in the mood for this. Like I was like, this is what I want to be playing right now. So that was you know, kind of the suck. But it looks really cute. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to them getting patched up. Uh, but unfortunately, I cannot recommend anybody buy it right now. Maybe give it like a couple weeks, maybe a month, come back to it. I'm yeah. sure it'll be in better shape. Yeah, that's unfortunate, especially because when you get like a little bit hyped and you're like, this is the what I want the experience to have right now. <laughs> I want this experience, and now I can't have the experience because of bugs? Oh, okay. Uh, was, I was so bummed, dude. It was so bummed. Anyway, I'm, I'm definitely going to play that some more. Really liked what I saw. They just need to patch it up a little bit. Uh, next game is called Rise of the Slime. This is a turn-based roguelike 2d deck builder on the switch i believe it's also on pc i think it's probably in everything right now 
Uh, it is, you know, seems like my jam, right? Turn-based, deck builder, roguelike. Those are all things that Brad likes, and uh, I started playing this. Basically, you're like a little slime. I don't know why you're a slime. I mean, you just are. Like a blue, circular, kind of like a Dragon Quest sort of a style slime. Mm -hmm, yeah. And you... But you're not a slime because you're a drawing of a slime that is on a stick. So it looks like... What? Like a puppet show, sort of. Oh, you know, like if you're slime. looking at a puppet show and then somebody holds up a stick and it's got like a, a puppet stuck to the stick and they're yeah, kind of, okay. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, you're a drawing of a slime that is on a stick. So you're not an actual slime, but you are resembling a slime. I don't know why they did this. It's a weird choice. Um, and every enemy you fight is like a drawing of an enemy that's on a piece of paper that's stuck to a stick that's kind of on a stage, sort of. Hmm. Um, it reminds so it just, me of like uh, that cloud game again. These like... The, what's the cloud game I just played? Oh, Rain on My Parade or something? Yeah, like or something like that. And it's like it, the cloud is like a cardboard almost looking and like hanging from strings. Mm. It's like a certain style then, basically. Yeah, it's like it's weird to me because you don't need to do that. And I'm not sure how it <laughs> you relates. You don't need to do that. You really don't need the strings and the sticks. Yeah. Games can work without strings and sticks. I don't know why they chose to do that. Anyway, that's the visual style. Um, and I got into it, and, like, you would think this is, like, 100% my jam, but, like, I noped out of it pretty quickly, and I'll tell you why. Um, the turns are real slow. And so, like, you start playing the game. You've got a sword and a shield. And in a strange move, this game has movement cards in it. Very unusual for a game of this kind. Like, you don't see movement cards very often. And so what that means is, if you're on the left side, enemies on the right side, you use a movement card. You can either get close enough to him because there is distance. Like, you can't hit somebody with a sword when you're on the opposite side of the screen, or you can even get behind them if you have enough movement points and do like a backstab if you can get far enough away behind them. Kind of a cool idea, I guess, but what it boiled down to was the enemies would constantly run away from me, and I'd be just chasing them, mm. catch up to them, do one sword swipe, they would run away further, I'd have to like chase them again, catch up, do one sword swipe, they'd run away further. I'm like, this sucks, because all I'm doing, it's like it's dragging out the battle to this ridiculous degree. Yeah. We should just be standing and fighting, but instead I'm just chasing, 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 chasing and chipping them down. Enemies have too much life, and I feel like the battles were taking a really long time, and it just wasn't exciting. Like, in a game like this, something like um, Slay the Spire or whatever, you're just like, bam, 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 getting through battle, get through battle, get through battle, get through cards. Like, it's going pretty fast, and that kind of keeps the pace up, right? Get new cards, get new cards, get new attacks. Like, it's all very high-paced, even though it's a card game, and even though it's turn-based, it still moves quickly. This game felt like it was moving so slow. And, like, it took me, I think, God, I want to say it was, like, 15 minutes or something to get through two battles, and I'm like, oh, this is too slow, I can't, I'm, I'm dying from the pace here, this is not happening. Yeah. Especially with the enemies running away. It was so irritating. So, I noped out, I think I played it for maybe, like, half an hour, maybe an hour, and it just was, it was... There's a couple kind of crucial mistakes going on here that I think they need to address. If they address those, um, I think it might be actually a pretty cool game. But as it is, I just I had to nope out. So maybe if the go. slime jumped off the stick, he would have moved faster and caught up to them. <laughs> something, man. I don't know, dude. I just like it is the worst enemy design when the enemy just runs away from you because that is just it's just stupid. It's just a waste yeah. What of games time. do that? I'm trying to think of like, like turn-based games do it when like you aggro somebody, but then they get afraid, like they're gonna lose. You know, like yeah. sometimes the, the the enemy will move away, um, but very rare does that happen. I think to what you're describing. It's a really questionable choice because it just ends up irritating the player and it causes problems. I think. I think most. That's why most AI just comes towards you because you want to have the action happening. You want the player to be in the action. You don't want the player to just be running away. And especially if you're going to make him run away, 
don't make it. They have to run slower than you because you have to catch them, right? Like if you can't catch them, you're never going to beat the game, right? You're never going to catch the enemies. You got to, you got to catch up to them. So they can't run away too much or too far. And I feel like in this game, it's, they've, they've made that mistake. And so it's, it's kind of unpleasant to play. So anyway, rise of the slime. I might check into it if they fix it. Otherwise I'm noped out forever. Um, by the way, real quick, we yeah. should have an episode where you're just checking in on all the games that you go back to because I know behind the scenes that you do. And, you know, you have rapport and talk with developers and you talk with them more than I ever would um, when it comes to, like, you know, updates and stuff like that and patches. So, yeah, it might be fun to just do a whole episode of, like, games we're checking back in on. Yeah, you know, that is very true. And if anybody's curious about that, I don't always talk about it on the show because it would kind of get boring for me to talk about the same five games every show. But if you do want to know what I'm up to in that respect, you can always go to Game Critics. And I do once a month put out a feature called every game I, I played in X, whatever year. So like last year, it was every game I played in 2020. Right. This year is every game I played in 2021. I go month by month. At the end of the month, I put out a wrap up. And I tell you literally everything I played, literally everything. So it'll show you like what I went back to. It'll show you what I started and didn't finish. It'll show you stuff that I just didn't think was worth bringing to the show, et cetera, et cetera. So if anybody wants that real deep dive on my playing habits, you can go to there and find out. It's almost like I planned that segue to, for you to promote that section that you do. You almost did, but you didn't. And but I didn't I did. know it was coming, but, but we did it because we're just yeah. professionals like that. And we are. Uh, we, <laughs> we are. Uh, last one that I want to just name check really oh, quickly. Oh, you snuck another one in. You are so sneaky. We really talk about quickly. Real quick, real, real talk real quick, for everybody listening. Quick. Behind the scenes, we always talk right before the show, and then Brad says, oh, "I got a few games," and then as we're doing it, he's like, "All right," and then just one more, uh, and and then just one more, uh, and this one I just talk about real quick. You got to work them in. You got to work. People want to know. Inquiring People minds want to know. Want to know, and I want to know what this next one is. You snuck in. It's called "Wanna Survive." It is coming out. I'm playing on the Switch right now. I believe it's also on PC. It is a top-down, 16-bit turn-based survival game it is not a roguelike it is a structured campaign what i know right it's weird weird that i'm playing it you are in a zombie apocalypse you start off with i think like one or two characters and each character in your party um can perma die so you have to be very careful if you don't want them to die if they do die you can just keep going but it is of course harder because you have fewer people as the game goes on each section is like uh gas station or the next section is like motel or something and there are little branches in the path and so depending on where you want to go you can meet different people or not meet different people and um in addition to like just surviving the battles with the zombies in 16-bit turn-based fashion like strategic kind of strategic um you also have to like manage your food so like you don't always have a bunch of food you might go to a gas station and get like three or four cans of food so you can feed your people if you go to I don't know, parking lot, there's not much food there. And so you can start the battle, but at the end of the battle, your people are hungry and they can die of hunger as well. So you're kind of managing fighting the zombies. You're also managing how much food do you have? And if you have limited amount of food, who should get the food? Some people have more health than others. So maybe those people can go hungry for a day. You got to feed the people who are weaker, but if they're weaker, are they going to really contribute to the battle? Is it really worth giving them the food? Should you give the food to your stronger person? Who knows, right? Like it's a total walking dead sort of situation. Um, I think it's pretty cool. The graphics are pretty cool. Uh, the battles end up being fairly puzzly, where you have to really think about your moves very carefully. Each character has their own tendencies, right? So, like, your, your main guy is like the axe guy. He can kill any zombie in one-on-one melee, but he's only got one move, right? So that's all he's got. He doesn't have any ranged. The guy who's got a shotgun can take out two, three zombies at a time, but he can't shoot if the zombie's on him, so he can't get out of trouble if somebody grabs him. 
There's like a little girl who can attack like diagonals. And there's uh, like an old guy who can shoot super far away. He's like a sniper, but he has like he can't attack anybody near him because his eyesight is so bad. So you kind of like have to balance out everybody's abilities. Really think very carefully about what you're doing. And I got to say, I feel like this game, I'm playing it still. I haven't finished it. I'm about three quarters of the way through. I really like it a lot, but I do feel like it's maybe one notch too hard because some of these later levels, I mean, I got to this one level at the cabin, uh, this cabin out in the woods. I thought it was going to be easy. It ended up being hard. I think I probably did that level like maybe like 18 or 20 times. And that's, yeah, that's, too, that's too many much. times, right? That's it's too, too many times. It's too many times. So I feel like if they would just take their foot off the throttle a little bit, I would like happily recommend this to anybody. I think it's really fun. It's a great fit for the Switch. looks cute. I love the 16-bit style. I love strategy games. love zombies. So it's all like in my basket. But it is kind of fucking brutal. Um, so you got to be ready for that real stiff challenge. Uh, but overall, I like it. I'm going to do my best to finish it, and I think it's pretty good. So shout out that it exists. What's it called again? Wanna, W-A-N-N-A, Wanna Survive. Wanna Survive. Okay. And I'm playing it on the Switch. Uh, a couple things. One, did you lose any people so far? Every time I lose somebody, I start uh, uh, over because I will not. I, I cannot yeah. play a game where I lose somebody. My brain does not accept that. Do you do that same thing with uh, – what's the other game that's famous for that? Um, XCOM? Not XCOM, the other one um, with the heroes, fantasy one. Oh, you're thinking of, uh, I know what you're talking about. It's the Nintendo one. Yep, and it's just uh, Fire, Fire Emblem. Emblem. Yeah, that we just at the same time. Yes, I didn't lose anybody in Fire Emblem either. I would just restart. Restart. I can't, I can't okay. handle losing anybody, man. It it's funny because then they put that mechanic in for what reason? You know, like, yeah. if everybody does that, then they really don't ever lose anybody. So then what's the point of doing it? They've given you the option to turn it off in recent games because they realize people just do that. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think most people do not do the permadeath and keep going when they lose their fair character. That's just, that's a shit feeling, dude. I don't like that feeling. Yeah. Oh no, it doesn't you know. feel good. Especially when you yeah. spend uh, time, you know, working on whatever armor upgrades or whatever that, for them. Uh, but to that point, want to survive is interesting because two things. One, I looked up survival games on the switch and there's one that I guess we missed somehow called dismantle. Did you play it? Dismantle. I never heard of it. Yeah. That's so the switch. It's on the Switch. It says a survival game, and it says an action RPG with an open world, although everybody and their mother says that now. So I can't take that with a grain of salt. Uh, But it does look interesting. It looks top-down view. It looks like The Sims a little bit with survival-y. And we should check it out. I don't oh, know. Oh, wait a minute. Is it is it D Y S? Yes. This okay, okay. Uh, why do I not know about this? I feel like I know about every single game on the Switch. Here's How a do problem I not know for this? you though. It's what? it's made by Ten Tons, and I don't think you like them. I liked some of their stuff. They made 50, Tesla 50 and Lovecraft, which I liked a lot. I did not like, but I did love Judge, which was amazing. And yeah, they made Judge. You're right. Okay, so anyways, we should, this is just a fun like tangent that I found while you were talking about that because oh, okay, so it's early as early access right now, so it's not fully out on Switch yet, is it? It says release date Switch September. Oh, September. Okay, that's why I didn't know about it. Okay, All right. it does well, look great though. It's it on our radar good. now. It does look really good. Yeah. Yeah, so. good pick. I'd be into this. I'm into this. All right, on my radar. Well, here's another. I have a game that we could talk about that's also about surviving. You do. <laughs> it's it's the game. I'm. It's my, my my first game, right? It's your first game. Tell us, Carlos. How does this game relate to survival? Sorry, I don't know. That was a bad <laughs> transition. <laughs> I, it's I'm a little rusty. It's my first <laughs> show back. You're back so, from vacation. It's yeah. fine. We'll get in there. So I got the, I'm uh, brushing off the what's it called? The rust. Is the rust. The... I believe you're going to be talking about the brand new game called. Just Die Already, which kind of is the opposite of survival. Right. Coming to us from the same people who made Goat Simulator. 
Yeah. Uh, is that Coffee Stain Studios? Is that right? Well, I looked up the developer and it was a different name. So it just says some of the designers from Goat Simulator. Oh, so, I don't so maybe think it's not it's, the exact same team. Yeah, okay. I think it's a different okay. developer now, but some of the same people who worked on Goat Simulator. So, and I think okay. that's apparent when you get to my review. You'll see. Okay, so just die already. I, I know a little bit about this. My son is a huge Goat Simulator fan. He bought this the day it came out on Xbox. I watched him a little bit and he roped me into doing co-op with him and he did his whole dad please please dad blad dad please play with that and i'm like dude this isn't my kind of game you know i don't like these kind of games dad dad okay fine and then i played so i i know a little bit about it but carlos i'm okay. gonna need you to do the heavy lifting here yeah it's fine um i mainly bought it because uh, i saw a lot of the trailers the trailers are great it does a really good trailer it's basically the concept is um you're an old person and at some point you're gonna die because guess what newsflash kids everybody dies <laughs> and, mortality uh, hate to break it to mortality you. is a thing and also that means you know do what you can while you're here and uh so you know you're an older person you could pick between two guys or two girls uh or i should say two older gentlemen and two older ladies and basically you go through this open world in quotes open world openish world and you know you can die in various ways and the idea is you have a little bucket list and that bucket list, you want to try to see as many things you can do on that bucket list, which are jump off a really tall building and land and die or get eaten by a shark or, you know, whatever you can think of. And why I was originally excited about it in the trailers that were really good is because I, I was like, this is YouTube video gold for me. You know, like I'll make so many fun sketches out of this and uh, some GIFs. Because there's weird, like, you can do, like, ragdoll animation and weird there's stuff There's ragdoll happens. animation, think Goat Simulator, like we said. You know, old person floating around the air, you know, just half of their head off or something. <laughs> Craziness, like a little gory. Uh, and I was, like, so excited. So that's why I was so excited. And now I'm not excited anymore. Um, <laughs> because, in general, it just gets old really fast. Like, like what I just told you, I told you the whole game. Like, there's nothing else that changes. There's some interesting mechanics that happen where you can pick up different objects and you can ride different vehicles, but everything feels clunky. And yes, I know Goat Simulator was clunky as shit on purpose, but this is almost like it's it too in between. And I think you'll feel me on this one. It's like it's trying to be a GTA open worldy moment and feel where you move a character around a world that actually has cars going and people and NPCs and stuff. But then you can't control it well enough. But it's not like full-on Octodad, but it's not full-on Goat Simulator, and it's not full-on GTA. It's like in the between, but then that sucks because at some point you can upgrade. You get your upgrades, and you go to vending machines, and you get like a sword you know, or something. And you can swing that around with your arm, but it's like it's really difficult to swing it, right? And you meet some bad guys in quotes, and they're going to like fuck you up every time you see them. And I can never hurt them. You know, like I could never hurt them with this katana that I got because it was just too hard to do it. So I think in general, why, and I'll talk a little bit more about some of the mechanics, but I just got bored quickly because as soon as you start the game, it feels like you've seen everything already. Even though there's so many different ways to die, none of them feel fresh and new after a while. It just feels like your character gets his arms and legs cut off. For some reason, that happens way too easy, by the way. Do you yeah. notice that? Oh, pfft. yeah, like dude. I mean, you walk, you walk forward, and it's like, oh, you lost your leg, buddy. You are, you are way underselling how bloody and gory <laughs> this game is. It's like stupid, and I don't. It's not like serious because I wouldn't let my son play it if it was like serious. No, it's but, like, cartoony. It's cartoony. Yeah, like your arms and 
get cut off and your spine pops out and your head gets cut off and you're walking and sometimes you're just like hips and legs and you're walking and blood's all over the place. And I'm like, why is this game so fucking bloody? Like, I don't understand why they do that. It doesn't make any sense to me because it doesn't, it seems like it's almost from a different game. Like, I don't understand right. why you fall apart in chunks. Like, I was I was playing with him, and I was, like, a leg, and I was, like, dragging myself down the street, and I'm like, right. why am I a leg? It doesn't make any sense. I don't, like, what is the premise of this game? I don't understand it. That's exactly it. Like, and I'll, I'll, I'll flush that out a little bit more in detail here, because the one of the core things I had a problem with, with what you just said is that when you die, it, it's called just die already. Very ironic, isn't it? That when you die, in quotes, like losing a head, don't have any arms left, you're just a torso. You don't die. You still, like you said, control the character. And to what end? Like, where I, I don't the, understand. Yeah, yeah I don't. so do I. I don't understand either. So I think that goes against the premise. I think if there was a slow motion kill at the end, right? Like, okay, the shark took my arm off, and I'm slow motion dying, and I fall in the water, and then I have to respawn. But no, you still can walk around, which of course I never did because as soon as I in quotes, you know, ate shit, I would just respawn. So that's what you can do in the game. You respawn whenever you want to. And essentially you're just, you know, there's no consequences in this game. You're just going to try to die different ways and funny ways. So the other problem with the no consequences in this game that I didn't like is that you can in quotes kill other NPCs in this world, but none of them stay dead. Mm. they immediately come back to life. Like, literally, I cut up this person, sounds terrible, in a hot dog vendor store or whatever because I wanted my hot dogs, and I got him out of there, and he's, you know, dead. And I meet my hot dogs, and who comes through the front door? The hot dog vendor. (laughs) I mean, literally 28 seconds later. You know, like, and I was like, well, then what am I even playing it for? Because... Not to be long-winded about it, but I really was excited to be in an open world with an old person running around causing mayhem. I can do more mayhem and more fun in like a skate game or a GTA game because there's stakes, right? Like people can die and they don't come back to life immediately. It just felt like such an in-between game. Why is the thing that you said there where you animate body moving around, why do the NPCs come back to life immediately? Why is it cartoony but also gross? That's that's some of my premise and what I didn't like about it. Like, it's just a frustrating experience to me. I mean, I agree with, like, yes and to literally, like, everything you said. Because, uh, you know, my son put tons of time into Goat Simulator, right? That game is not for me because I don't like screw-around games. But I could see what it was doing, right? Like, it was goofy, a lot of really absurd stuff with the goat, like rockets. And the, the DLC was, like, ridiculous. Like, it was in our space. And there was, like all sorts of like, you know, crazy stuff happening. There was like a, a fantasy part to it. And they did so many interesting things where there's many layers to it. Yeah. And on the, on the surface goat simulator was a fuck around game where you were just looking at goofy physics stuff, but there was also like secrets to discover and these achievements to do. And when you did these things, this unlocked little mods and the mods could change your goat. And then the goat would do different things. And so it was kind of like this exploration of the physics, exploration of the world, exploration of what the limits of the game were not my jam, but like watching my son go through it over the course of several months, I was actually very impressed with how much was in that game and how intricate it was, how many jokes they managed to work into it. Um, and it was it was pretty interesting. He starts playing Just Die already. And I mean, he played Goat Simulator every day for months, like literally months, dude. I think he did basically everything in that game. He's already done with Just Die already. He only oh, played it for like snap. 
less less than two days, I think, and he was he put on the shelf, virtual shelf, because it's like you said, like it, it you don't understand like what the premise is. There's a bucket list of stuff to do, which is kind of like what Goat Simulator was, but it just does. It's not nearly as funny. It's not as interesting. The physics aren't as crazy. You, it's super bloody for like some random reason, and there's no advantage to like being a body part. It, you just fall apart because I don't know what because you laugh at it the first two or three times, and then it's like okay, well whatever. I'm just gonna respond because walking around without an arm sucks. Yeah. The combat is really janky and not in a good janky way. Like it's just a bad janky way. It right. Doesn't feel good. I yeah. think that's an important point because Goat Simulator was janky, but there was fun to be had there. Yeah, there was a lot of fun. You could screw around and you could basically do what you wanted. And if something funny happened, it was fine. And this is like frustrating, Janky. Like it doesn't feel funny. Um, and I just, I mean, I played it with him. I, I got bored of it like in 15 minutes, dude. I was I was ready to move on. And like I said, he got done in like a day or two and he hasn't been back to it since, which says a lot because he is right in the pocket of something like this. So I just think it's not focused. It's not interesting enough. It's not different enough. And it's not really good at what it does. I think they just... I think they had a good idea of like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if old people? Uh, yes, but like you got to keep going. Like I just, I just don't think there's enough to it. Yeah, the only time I really had fun, which is crazy to say, but is in the very beginning, the kind of mini tutorial. You have to wreck a birthday party before you can leave the house. Yeah, and that was kind of fun. I was like, you can pee in this game too, so I like peed on the cake, and I was yeah. like, you know, smashing stuff up, and the old people were running around crazy, and the ladies like, you got to go. And I'm like, that's pretty fun. Like, if there were more little scenes like that, I think yeah. I would have had a better time. But also, I think it comes back to what we said in the beginning, that it's not the same developer. I'm pretty sure. And so, you know, you have designers who made something. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a, I don't say one-hit wonder, but you get lightning in a bottle, right? Yeah. And Goat yeah. Simulator was lightning in a bottle. Also, sure. I, I will say, it's a goat, right? Like, there's That's already in, funny from the get-go. Yeah. It's yeah. something inherently funny to be like, it's an animal that's running around crazy. And this one, you're like, oh, is it like, a, again, is it a GTA person? Oh, it's not really, though, you know? I mean, and look it, at that on a smaller scale, right? Because the title of it, Goat Simulator. Now, I, before I ever saw this game, like when I was first hearing about this game, I legitimately thought it was going to be like realistic. And then when I saw the game for the first time, it's, it's so funny not. because you're like, oh, dude, okay, this yeah. is like. The, the furthest thing away from a simulator you could possibly be. So, like, you already are starting with a joke that's landing, right? Because in no way is this a simulator. Like, it's ridiculous, and you're constantly having that, like, dichotomy in your head. That works. Like that. Like you said, that's lightning in a bottle. That's great. But just die already. I, I'm not dying because I'm a bloody stump and my spine is walking down the street. But so what? Like, what is the point of that? I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's not a joke in the same way. It doesn't seem to have any gameplay implications. You respawn with a hit of a button, so it's no, no penalties to it. What's what's the point of it? Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, I think that we did our uh, a good explanation of that. Uh, you, and again, someone might find fun out of that, uh, just running around, jumping around. I just think that it's misplaced. And um, and one one of the last thing I'll say is those cars that drive around. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get. I I believe me, I try to mess with them so much because there's cars that drive around this map and they're indestructible and they don't stop and they continually just go like in a circle, almost like toy cars or something. And they're, you know, haphazard and, you know, driving all up uh, up and down the street and crashing into each other and stuff. But I just kept, like, putting things in the road to see if I could stop them. And I did crash one. I found one that, I like, I put a steamroller in the middle of the road or something, and it hit it. And the car flew up into a building, and I felt very accomplished. I was like, now, see, I found some fun. 
But like you had I, to work pretty hard to find that. Fun. Yeah, I made my own fun by like this thing seems like it shouldn't be able to stop because it's on these rails. So I'm gonna try to stop it with a steamroller, and it went up into the building, and now it's stuck in a window. I was like, Carlos made fun, <laughs> but it wasn't the fun from the game. So that's yeah. it. all right. So just die already. I it has already died at my house, so it did yeah, die. It's and it sounds like it died too. for you too. Yeah. So. All right. So the next game up we're gonna be talking about is kind of a. It's weird to me because I've known about this game for a long time. I always thought it was going to be kind of like a like a double A, you know, flying under the radar sort of a thing. But it launched and then all of a sudden, like everybody in the world is talking about it, which kind of caught me by surprise because I didn't think it was on many people's radars. I didn't think a lot of people were going to care. We're hmm. talking about Biomutant, um, which just, just came out uh, a couple days ago. And unfortunately... It launched with a little bit of a controversy. Did you see all that stuff happening on Twitter when this game launched, Carlos? Wait, I know some things about negative reviews, but I don't know about controversy. That was the controversy, basically. Oh. So so Biomutant came out. I'm going to let you talk all about it, but just to set the stage a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Biomutant came out, and you know a bunch of people reviewed it. We actually have a review, which is going up later today. By the time you're hearing this podcast, that review will be up. So feel free to check it out for yourself. Dan Weissenberger covered it for us. Um, but, you know, there's like a span of, of reviews. Some people thought it was great. Some people thought it was maybe less than great. And the developer, uh, publisher, I'm sorry, excuse me, the publisher, THQ Nordic, put out a tweet which kind of suggested that they were like, hmm, anybody who doesn't like this game maybe doesn't know what they're doing. And they didn't say that specifically, but that was like the connotation. They had a, a gif of a guy who was like making this face of like, you don't know what you're talking about. And they were putting up reviews that, you know, basically saying, if you don't like this, like, you know, we question your review. And they came back afterwards and said, oh, that's not what we meant. But I think basically everybody who saw the tweet took it to mean that. Hmm. So maybe their PR manager was doing a terrible job. Their community manager was not was not on point. But I mean, it just it set off a firestorm because it's like, you know, if a publisher is going to start calling out people for not liking their game, that sets up like a really hostile environment. In addition to triggering anybody who like is a thq loyalist to go and attack the writer or attack that site for putting out a bad review which already happens enough as it is we don't need the publisher like sicking people on us if we if we don't like a game um so that that started off biomutant really poorly i think a lot of people immediately got a bad taste in their mouth at least as far as the publisher goes but that's what happened yesterday we are here today you are playing it yourself uh, did you finish it no, no, no. I'm I'm pretty far in. I mean, I'm I've spent a, quite a bit of time with it. Um, but okay. So let's put the controversy aside, Carlos. Yeah. Let's actually just talk about the game itself. I played a little bit of it, but you are going to be the expert here. So talk to us about Bio Mutants. I want to talk about the game, but I'm wondering if I want to talk about the review thing after or before because I do have a, a tangent off of what you just do said. it now since we're on the topic. Okay. So um, I didn't see that controversy. What's interesting is when controversy in quotes happens on the internet, not everybody sees it. So just a, you know, kind of a P PSA or something like that. I, I don't think it always like affects a game like people think. And even like that we say on this podcast sometimes, because, you know, not everybody's watching every tweet or sure, sure, sure. And like literally me, I don't leave the Internet, but I didn't see that whole thing that go down. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I don't I don't know if it like, you know, always affects everybody. But the things that were that I did see, which were a, a bunch of negative views coming in. Um, I, I want to do a quick tangent on it because first off, I've been following this game for a very long time. I don't know, three, four years at least. And very excited about it. I like the idea. It's unique. I mean, it's so hard to like get a interesting, unique take on an action RPG. So you're like these little creatures. It's a totally different kind of thing uh, with mixture of things you've seen before. So I was always excited about it. But some of the negative reviews, 
um, a great YouTuber, uh, I think it's called DPJ, that's all I know the YouTube name as, he was talking about in his review where, you know, negative reviews on YouTube in general get more views. Like, it's just a terrible thing that's going on right now. This kind of, in general, on the internet, like hate cells and all that kind of stuff. Divisiveness? Divisiveness? Yeah, divisiveness, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So without going too far down that rabbit hole, it is true, and it's just kind of annoying. And I'm making a comedy sketch just about that, which is how this is so uh, perfect timing. Because I think it's just ridiculous that, you know, um, lots of YouTubers make negative uh, videos just because they want to be part of this, like, cycle, this hate cycle. And it's really fun, and they get a lot of views, and they feel, I don't know, good about themselves. If you didn't really like this game, that's fine. But to put out stuff that like this is a waste of time, this you know they should have never made it, all the kind of just really awful stuff I saw, um, it's just ridiculous. So, let, so I basically agree with you, but how do you know that's not their real opinion? It, it can be. It's just, the point is that when you make blatant statements about how if, if it's like got bugs or if it crashes, these are technical things that you need to know about. Uh, but if it's like just not your jam, like we say on the show all the time, sure. And to kind of blanket statement to be like this is you know, bad across the board, like just not even like, I don't like it, but it's like, you shouldn't like it. And I feel like it's a fine line. Yes. About like, what is your opinion and what is your like hateful opinion to like (laughs) destroy the game? Because I'm telling you, there are a lot of shows I watch where they just, the first thing they do is it's negative, right? Mm, It just feels like even like uh, with cyberpunk, I watch YouTubers going off on the updates that they were making. The, the connotation in their voice, as soon as they start, they're like, all right, guys, we're back with another update from CD Projekt Red. I guess some of you guys might like this, but I don't know. They're trying to work back from their, you know, disastrous release. It's like they start with the negative. So I'll, I'll give it a rest. People are like, get off your soapbox. But <laughs> I, I did see a lot of negative reviews that didn't feel like they were fully like, about the game even somehow. They're just like, I'm just mad at this thing that's not what I wanted it to be. Uh, so let me tell you what it is. Let's let's hear about what it is. <laughs> what is what is Biomutant, Carlos? Most long-winded intro ever. So uh, this game is, and if you hear the sentence, you're either in or out, and this is a true review because this is objective. It's Ratchet and Clank. That's <laughs> not objective. It is objective. The statement is. No, it's No, no, objective. the statement is. Watch, this one statement. Then the review won't be objective. Okay, go ahead. This is an objective statement. It's Ratchet and Clank meets Horizon Zero Dawn meets Fallout meets an action RPG with a lot of crafting. (laughs) That's objectively what the game is. Now, my point is, you're laughing, but listen. This is doing a service to our listeners. If you like those things, you will like this game. There's a really good chance you will. But a lot of people went into it, I think, thinking it was something else. You left out one element. All okay. of those things. I say Fable. This game reminds me yes, a lot of Fable. Yes, no, I see Fable. that. Yeah, I yeah, see Fable, absolutely. too. Okay. So all those things, right? Because there's a light and dark side, you know. Uh, the narrator. The narrator. Like the kind of You're the right. whole tone yeah. of the thing, yeah. But so I'm saying, like, that paints it such a different picture. And I think that people thought of it as some other type of thing. So that's what this game is, in my opinion. And you play as a furry little creature, which I mentioned. That you can, you know, uh, pick different types of styles, whether you want to be a, a warrior, tank class, shooter, all that kind of stuff. This game has really fun combat, in my opinion. Uh, you have shooting and you have melee. You know me. I went hard on the melee. Melee, it's what you do, sure. Um, I didn't do two-handed, though, because uh, they have a really great class that if you pre-ordered it, you got the mercenary class. 
and that is dual wielding melee weapons. And that is super fucking fun to play. So that's who I am, a mercenary character. Uh, all my points are in strength and melee and health. And you are a little curry creature that uh, is in the apocalypse. So the apocalypse already happened. Earth is kind of like, um, again, Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, nature has prevailed. Nature uh, reclaiming after the apocalypse happened. Reclaiming after coming the apocalypse, back. yes. Sure. But like Last of Us 2 and all those games, there is definitely some like cities and, you know, cars and things from the before times. And what's really cool is that you're a smaller creature, so all those are, like, bigger than you. Didn't you like that? That was kind of a cool touch. Yeah, being small is definitely a, 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 a twist for a game like this. I mean, yeah. Usually you're human size, of course, but, like, to be teeny tiny like that is pretty interesting. Yeah, you're going through, like, little towns, and it's not like, uh, you know, you had to, like, jump up on tables and the chairs are bigger than me. So I really loved, even from the very early kind of um, alpha stages I watched of this game, that concept of like being a little weird creature, uh, you know, having these two types, different types of combat that you kind of use seamlessly. I think it's really fun because I don't always shoot, but sometimes you have to, and you can do both of them really quickly back and forth. So you're jumping in the air. It does really great slow motion, I think, um, whether it just be slow motion mo moments where you're dodging and you're shooting at the same time, or it's a, you kill all the characters or you know NPCs or bad guys, and it does kind of a slow motion kill in the last one. So I love the combat. I like the setup. Um, like you said, the gameplay has kind of a narrator, which can be a little grinding. I'd say that's one of the only things that I'm kind of maybe tired of now that I played it for 15 hours or so, is that you, your character doesn't talk. So And none of the characters... Um, talk english but they, they speak do that the whole like blah, 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 sims blah, blah, blah. world yeah, yeah, yeah sims the babbling sort of a sound yeah and then the narrator like explains what's going on which did you, didn't you find that a little annoying after a while i find it really it's a really strange choice i did find it a little bit annoying um yeah i'll hold my, my comments but yes, okay, I okay. agree with you yeah. but yeah i think that that was one of the only things that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because in the beginning it makes sense where you're setting up the story but i just didn't know know why it continued for I think it's going to be the whole game. The entire game. Yeah. So other than that, the other couple of cool mechanics they have is uh, the whole idea of the game is you're supposed to save this uh, tree of life, which is um, you know going to help basically fix the world because it's kind of messed up. And there's these world eaters, which are basically just big bosses who are eating the roots of the tree. And you've got to uh, do two things. One, kind of work with the different factions in the world and either work together or work against them. And then you have to build up these different mechs because there's mechs in this game too. And they are like things that can help beat the big monsters in the game. So that's a lot of mechanics. And also there's a lot of crafting, which I generally don't get into. But for some reason in this game, I am enjoying. And I will say the only other thing that I really kind of uh, peeved me a bit is that the crafting is a little confusing. Like you have to scrap things and I'm not really sure on which things to scrap and which things I have resources to make. So I think it's a little confusing to do, but then when I make something, it's very cool because I just made a hammer with like a saw blade on it and it does like 700 damage and I'm like super psyched. So I'm having fun with the crafting. I'm having fun with the combat and I like the setup. So there's, it's it to me, it's like a solid eight right now. You know, like it's like a fun game. Eight out of 10. Yeah, it's like a fun ass game. It's nothing like whatever these negative reviews are. Like some of the negative reviews are like, Tear like this is the worst thing you've ever seen. That's all I'm saying. Right, right, right. 
Well, I played this game for about an hour. Um, I got to say, it was not to my taste at all. I really didn't like it. Um, and I'll tell you why. I will not give you a blanket statement. I'm not. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. And I don't think anyone is bad for liking it. Right. But, I mean, for me, um, I think there's just, like, too much going on. It felt like a whole pile of stuff. And I was, like, a little bit, like, noping out when I was, like, okay, well, there's, like, a menu for like these, these these abilities over here and then there's like a crafting menu and then there's this other thing and then it just kind of felt like too much stuff going on and i just i was kind of like i wanted it to be a little bit simpler give me a better intro to the game kind of let me get used to things um and i gotta say i really dislike the combat i, I think the combat is bad really I it's really bad i really dislike it um the gunplay is good the the melee i was like this is awful Awful melee. Well, well, no, no, just break that down for a minute, because I mean, obviously, uh, I think the only thing that for me is the camera jumps around a little bit, uh, but I, I kind of figure it out. So, w- what makes it bad in your mind? It just, it just did not feel good. The hits didn't feel like they hit. Like your, huh. the, the weight of things is weird. I mean, again, I only played it for an hour. Maybe, maybe if, you're, if I customize further, or maybe if I had a different weapon, maybe that would change. But I was just like, oh god, like fighting feels terrible i just i just really don't like it and and keep in mind like you know i played i i mean that's important to me right like i play all the souls game i'm playing monster hunter right now those are games which are like top of class for like impact for for melee and stuff and i just feel like coming to this was like this is not good enough for me um i don't like the way it looks i don't like the furries everything is furry everything's a, uh, an animal and it's like kind of saccharine cute to me like i'm not really clicking with the aesthetics of it some people really like it dan at our site loved it like he was like a, he loves it so much he cried every time he had to kill a monster because they're all so cute and that's huh. cool. If it's your jam, to me, I just didn't care for it. And overall, I think just the feeling of like the fableness of it, meaning the narrator is like, you are on a quest between good and evil. And, you know, there's this really strong um, choices where like at the beginning of the game, you have to pick, are you light side or dark side? And it's literally light or dark. And there's an angel and a devil. And then you go to these two tribes and it's like, well, these, these guys want to ruin the earth and maybe that's okay, but these guys want to save it. Which one are you going to do? And I'm like, well, is anybody going to pick the evil side? I mean, probably not. Like it just, it all, it just felt kind of like, just, I don't know, like not that I necessarily been there, done that, but like, I just wasn't in like nothing about this game was getting me in. And I do have mm. to say also, I did kind of take, <laughs> I don't want to say offense, but like, a lot of this game is like this faux kung fu. They call it what they call it, like wang fu or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, like really cool abilities that could come from that though. Later, I mean, maybe so, but like, can we not call it that? Like, can we not play on the orientalism of this whole thing? Like, it just felt like really like a big kind of turn off to me. So, I mean, I maybe some people really like it a lot. Dan, I think uh, played through the whole game. He he liked it okay. I don't think he likes it as much as you do. Plenty of people out there like it. That's fine. But for me, I was like. After an hour, I was like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put no more time into this." I, I will say this for our listeners because you did play an hour of it, right? Yeah. Um, deep in the game, not even deep in the game, probably five or six hours in, you you finally start crafting your own things or finding stuff, and it really makes a difference. I gotta tell you, like combat feels different with different weapons. It just does. Probably so. Probably. Yeah. So. Like your character you. by default, to your point, is kind of fast and running around, and it feels kind of loosey goosey. So I'll give you that. But I think once you pick the different weapons or different guns, like it does change. And this game has a lot of surprise that shows up because, like, like I said, the Ratchet and Clank is probably the closest comparison to this game because weird stuff happens uh, organically. There's a lot of that same stuff that we talked about where emergent gameplay, where the enemies attack each other. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you've probably even seen some of that. Some of the tribes are just fighting. And I was like, I'm not going to get involved. And I just went past them. Um, but then also, like some of the different weapons you have, like, 
make your character move differently. And there's like finishers and really interesting, just different stuff that comes out of yeah. uh, leveling up your character. And also emergent gameplay. I, I put this on Twitter, but there was this big, huge guy who was like had a million hit points. And I just shot like a rocket he was holding onto because I don't know why he was holding onto a rocket, but he was. And it made him like go sailing into the sky and then explode. I saw um, that video. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And I was just like, those kind of moments happen. And, um, and I will also say this for it, like the narration and that kind of like ho- hokey dokey, hokey dokey, uh, hokey. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Hunky dory? No. Hokey dokey? No. What am I trying to say? I don't know, man. Hokey. I don't know. I think just hokey is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. Kind of like hokey. Like, are you go with the light side or dark side? I admit that is a little like way too on the nose in the beginning, but it it it's just a lot of the stuff that I think you had an issue with in hour one kind of dissolve away. Because what I'm doing now and why I'm excited to play it tonight is there's no narration going on. There's no big choices. I'm just going to go in and grind, and I'm going to go help a faction fight another faction, and then I'm going to go find new resources to get, like, the better saw blade that I have, you know? So there's that RPG-ness to it mixed with Ratchet & Clank that makes it, I think, wholly unique. And it is much more, like, playable for long hours when you realize it's not all just, like, a lot of the stuff they show you in the beginning. Does that make sense? I mean, and that's fair. And that's fair. But I think for me, it's like, I need to get hooked right away. Like I want to see where this is going. I want to get a sense. I mean, you don't have to like, you know, give me all your secrets in the first 15 minutes, but after an hour of playing, I'm like, I feel like, I feel like I've seen enough and I'm not going to put in the time to do the crafting, to do the other systems, to level up. And I mean, like I, I wasn't already liking it enough to even put in that time. So I wasn't sure that it would be worth my time invested to to go further if i already wasn't liking what i was seeing so right eh, i hear you devil's advocate that last statement though just real quick for anybody listening it it does it doesn't take too long to level up like like you level pretty quickly in the game too sure so that helps you know what i mean sure um and also one more last thing about it it is very on the nose when it comes to saving the planet Uh, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little too much. It feels like it's written for like fourth graders, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I did have some problem with that where they're like uh, this evil corporation, like poisoned the earth because they didn't use recyclables. And I was like, okay, you know, I get it. Like, I just, um, I, I just don't understand how they expect anybody with a straight face to choose the evil path. Like it wasn't even like, I mean, again, maybe you've seen more, I mean, you clearly have seen more than I have. So I'm just speaking from the beginning, but like the way they set it up is so black and white is so good and evil. And it's like, dude, are there going to be interesting choices? Cause I feel like you're either an asshole for choosing this or you're the good guy for choosing this. And the, I mean, hopefully there's going to be more nuanced things that come up later, but man, like from the get go, I was like, okay, this is, this is goofy. Yeah. I, I think, I think to answer you, I think it's slightly more nuanced later. Uh, and I also, so. and I also, I think they set up that sh- like stark contrast in the beginning because um, full disclosure, I think that second, you know, that, that kind of the, the path you could have taken that tribe, you're going to have to work with them anyhow, I think. You know, so it's like, it's almost one of those things where it doesn't really matter in the beginning. Mm. Uh, which is, again, you know, as you're playing one hour of it, you don't know that. So, sure, sure, sure. Final, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Final statement the Wretched and Clank meets Fable meets an action RPG that you level pretty quickly in. And I don't think it deserves any of the like vitriol hate that it's getting because if it's not your jam like you, it's fine. It's not your jam. But, um, yeah, I just think the negative negative is just ridiculous. Oh yeah. I don't think it's, it's, it is by no means like a quote unquote, like terrible game. It's certainly not anywhere near the bottom of the games I've ever seen. Not my jam for sure. But I think it's, if you like those games, if you like fable, I think you're probably going to find a lot to like here. If you like those 
third person action RPGs. I think there's a lot to like here, but yeah, not for me. Okay, I will check back in and with you on this as well because I'm gonna finish. Cool, it. cool, cool, cool. Okay, man, we're gonna stay with you. Uh, gonna keep you working here. Gonna earn that podcast dollar tonight. Ooh, I, make a dollar? What? You gotta make one whole dollar because we are gonna be talking about Mass Effect, uh, the Legendary Edition. Now, you were not here last episode when we talked about it. I am not playing it myself. Uh, I do love Mass Effect, probably my number two favorite series of all time. Uh, but I'm not going to play through it now. I don't have the time. I got too much other stuff to do. Plus, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of good at my experience of it. I don't know that I want to play it again. But my wife has never played it ever. And so she's playing it now. She's totally deep into it. She's loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving watching her play it. That's nice. That is enough for me, right? But Corey was playing it last episode. He talked a lot about it. And I knew you would probably want to bring it to the show. So now is your chance. The floor is yours, sir. Uh, what would you like to say about Mass Effect Legendary Edition? Yeah, I listened to some of the show, and thanks, Corey, for um, going into detail on some of the things that I, I also feel like, um, and I will talk about those in this section right now. But before I get started, uh, Voyagers is a movie that I watched before I played Mass Effect, and I highly recommend it. It's out on, like, you know, on-demand streaming services. Voyagers with the three kids who are doing science experiments or whatever? They go to space or something? No, that's the old school one. Uh, this is like uh, also young people in space, but they're in cryo and then they wake up and they have to like take this huge destination uh, spaceship ride to a new planet to like, you know, save humanity or something. I'm gonna look, who's in it? I'm going to look it up right now. It's all new actors and they're all really good. And it's a phenomenal movie. Like I, I say that I shouldn't say that because it's like your expectations, but it's very, very good. And I love, as you know, as people listeners know, I love uh, pairing media together. So I'll watch a TV show or a movie, and then I'll play a game that has to do with that style. And I recommend it to everybody because it's a great like um, sensation. So I was watching Voyagers and so ready to play Mass Effect Legendary Edition after it because it's a great sci-fi movie. So uh, that's my PSA. People watch it because I think it's very good. And Mass Effect. So uh, full disclosure, I never beat two and three. What? Isn't that crazy? And we've never talked about it in the show because it, it hadn't come up. The, how did you get on this podcast then? Because you are not qualified to be on this podcast. Okay, I'll leave. What is going I'll leave. on? Uh, what is going on? Do I hand in my headphones? Or? Leave it at the door. Just hang it up at the door. When Wait, what door? <laughs> my own door? Do I just leave? <laughs> yes, leave your house. Leave right my house. Now. You're put out. the headphones how on is, the door. How is that even possible, Carlos? It's, I'm, I'm being honest because you know I can't lie. I, I, it's not I mean, possible. this game seems like your jam. You, like, you, you play all these games. You put all this time. How did you not know. finish these? So I finished the first one. Uh, and I remember loving it, and uh, and I'll talk about it in a minute here. But two and three, I think I'd started two, and I I have said this on the show before. I didn't like the combat, or like it was just too much of a different change. Sure. It's a pretty hard left turn. Yeah. Yeah, and I I go no, as you say, I noped out, even though I love the world and stuff. And mate, he was a younger, gentler Carlos. I don't know. He didn't <laughs> he didn't know the world. Okay, he didn't understand the Bioware's magic. Um, more innocent and more innocent, naive, Carlos. naive Carlos for Bioware. Cause I mean, I played all the dragon age games, right? Every fucking one of them, a DLC and everything. I love them. And I love their side missions. I love Bioware. Right. And I played mass effect Andromeda. I know, which is controversial. And, Man, and did it you is, finish that? It, it's a, yeah, I finished it, and it's a great oh. game, and I'll stand by that to the end bananas of time. Bananas that you, uh, no comment on the game, but it is bananas you finished that, but didn't finish two and three. Okay, right. This well, is your, but this I'm is telling your you, song, this, this, is this is the is whole history, right? Okay, yes, this is crazy. But, but also, I stopped it too, and because you know I'm a very much completist, 
I knew that I couldn't play three when it came out because I hadn't finished two. Exactly. Well, perfect. that was the right choice. So sure. per- it was the right choice. So it's now it's a perfect time to play them all. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. And believe me, I will finish the, the third one. And I had already finished Andromeda. So uh, the first one I played, and I mean, I buzzed through that game. I mean, remember I was on hiatus in the Badlands. So yes. I had time. So just now you buzzed through it. Yeah, just now. But it was it was uh, uh, memorable. I remember a lot of it. Uh, they did upgrade it quite a bit when it comes to the graphics. I thought it looked great. Uh, at moments, it felt with the lighting like a PS4 Pro game, you know, like really good. Mm-hmm. You're watching her play the first one. Oh, right? yeah, it looks yeah. great. looks great. So compared to the blurriness of the first time I played it, yeah, it was great to go back through it. And I remember like, you know, being a little frustrated with the running and, 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 um, and the shooting and stuff. But it definitely felt the most like an RPG. And I love that because I was so in the mood for an, a sci-fi RPG. I just burned through that game, man. And I did almost all the side missions. I did a ton of them. And spent, I don't know, 25 hours or something, um, a good amount of time. And then I went right to two. And like Corey said, uh, or you or one of you guys said, I was just taken aback by how different the combat was. That that is me. He, that he was thought, you. I think he said it was better. I was like, man, this is weird and different. Two, two different. Oh, it was you. Yeah, that's right. So I didn't like that all of a sudden you had ammo. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean ammo? It's unlimited, right? And they're like, no, you got to go pick it up on the ground. And yeah, I forget even what the narrative they gave it. They gave an explanation of it too. It's like, oh, these high tech guns need these cooling rods or like whatever. It was like whatever, you. dude. It's fucking ammo. Get off it. Yeah, and 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 you can obviously see the um, the, the the gears of war type thing going on. The super leaning very hard into gears. Of yeah, war, like yeah. you literally have to go into cover to heal, and there's no healing. And that's the other thing that I like. Literally was like. Am I stopping this game again? Is history repeating itself, oh Brad Galloway? Because you can't use a health kit. There's you no health, have health kits. kits in Mass Effect Two. No. How do you heal then? Just the biotic powers? Yeah. No. You. There's two ways to heal. You hide. You go into cover, and it heals you, which I fucking hate. And two, you can use one of your biotic abilities to bring someone back to life when they like get downed. And that's it. You don't have Medigel anymore? No. Nope. That's a big thing in the first one. Nope. No, not anymore. And I'm guessing they probably got rid of it in three then, which is going to suck if that's the case. Uh, so that was a fucking, you know, a nightmare for me. I, I was like, whatever. But they did improve a lot of things too. And of course, the graphics are great and mm-hmm. the stories. Mm-hmm. And like you said in the, on the last episode, the side missions are amazing. Oh, yeah. It's all um, about the side missions. Yeah. And doing that stuff with Jack. Uh, she's my favorite character. I love her to death, and her all her trauma that she had to go through, and 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 that and uh, yeah, the whole thing is fucking great. The the mysterious man, or whatever he's called, the elusive man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, um, I'm in like about to get to the final act in two, and I will do that, and I enjoy it. But yeah, those systems kind of bothered me. Um, and I don't. By the way, I don't know any other in quotes RPG ish type game where you upgrade things for, like for the whole team. And in Mass Effect 2 it does that where you like you just find an upgrade and then when you have enough resources you upgrade all of the weapons by 10%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there there are some games that do that, but it is definitely not the norm. That is for It sure. is it's not the rare, norm and rare. it's so not BioWare, you know. So 2 just felt it's feeling weird to me, but I love it and I, you know, I'm so like hook line and sinker. I need to finish the series now. So, yeah, the the short answer is I'm having a great time with it. Uh, I love the hovercraft. I never played with the hovercraft in number two. Oh, okay, okay. And that was like really cool. And I don't know if they upgraded the graphics, but it looks beautiful flying around different planets with that. 
Um, and like Corey said, it is the most addictive thing ever. I yeah, mean, it's hard to stop playing that. My wife has been, oh. she, she, she's been playing for much longer sessions than she normally does. And I check in on her and she's just, she's in dude. Like she's totally in. I wasn't sure if she was going to click with it because she's not generally an RPG person. She's like a, an action person. She likes, um, puzzles. She loves 2d stuff. Um, you know, she likes Souls. She likes Monster Hunter just like I do. So we connect on that. But I'm like, okay, this is like pretty story heavy. And I know you're not like a story person, but you liked Witcher. So I think that maybe you like this too. And she gave it a shot. And once she got past like the first 15, 20 minutes, she was like, she was like in. She's like, she's in all the way now. So. Wait, she's in two now? She is in. She is. No, no, no. She's, she's just in, in as in. as in, Yeah, still in one. Okay, okay. In as in hook, line, and sinker, like you said. She's, she's committed to it now. It'd be interesting because it does throw you for a loop, the different systems and, and the way they kind of change it up. But the core, like wanting to go back and play another mission. Um, and it's interesting. Number two, also, it really focuses on missions, right? Yeah. Where one yeah. felt more like an open world RPG where you could do a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. one's like, no, 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 you're going to go do that thing. And they they literally have an end mission screen, yep. which, yep, which yep. I hate, by the way. I don't like that. I'm like, don't tell me I went up two levels and I got these items. Don't. I can figure that out myself, you know? It just feels weird. I, I don't like that about it. One other thing I don't like about it, uh, which is, the, the like you talked about on the last episode, the maze-like uh, maps. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that's the, the past. <laughs> you don't make levels like that anymore. Like, why yeah. am I going down in, like, S-formations like up and down elevators and ladders. Like it just feels like I'm totally lost. And if, unless they told me where to go, I would just be like lost. We have learned a lot about level design since then. Yes. It's, yeah. it's pretty obvious. But that being that, that being said, um, that and Biomutant are the only things I'm playing right now because I pick either one of them up and it's like hours just go away because while you don't like Biomutant, there is this kind of loop that you get into where you just want to keep finding resources and the one in mass effect is you just want to keep doing side missions because you want to see what that literally the end story is going to be from what you did and i mean like you said the side missions there's one that's just on a planet where the sun's too bright so you have to like avoid the sun and if you get hit by the sun it like lowers your shields like that's a gameplay mechanic that's brand new just for that planet yeah and like another one like you know like uh, you're in a prison or something and like there's just so many different like types of stories they tell that i mean everybody needs to learn from them you know what i mean oh yeah dude i i am 100 aboard the side missions the characters the loyalty missions the side missions 100 dude the thing the, the thing that just sticks in my craw about that like we've covered already is the combat is leaning too far into gears of war you yep. took out too much of the exploration and the rpg stuff and um, the overall story is just stupid the collector's that whole storyline is just garbage that happens between the side missions. Like the, that was, like like I said earlier, the the mission to complete the game, super awesome. One of the best things ever in any video game ever. The like the final mission of Mass Effect Two, phenomenal. But the final boss battle is garbage, and the story of the overall game is garbage. It's all about the side missions. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you. I heard that on the on the podcast too. The collectors, which just seems like um. Hey, you're a Saturday morning cartoon, and who are the bad guys? <laughs> it's the collectors, kind of. Yeah, and they have like all of. long mustaches, you know. And they're like, "Well, we'll get you, Super Friends." You remember yeah, the Super exactly. Friends? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, anyways, love it, love it to death. Uh, everybody who's never played Mass Effect, you know, buy this fucking thing because you'll not regret it. Even with all this, the failings that we just mentioned, it doesn't matter. 
Bio no, Wars, it's still we're playing 100%. 100%. Bioware is a master. I can't wait for whatever the next Mass Effect game is, like the true one. I can't wait for the next Dragon Age game, the true one. You know, like um, I'm excited. And I loved Inquisition and I loved Andromeda. You know, go send me the hate mail, please. I will <laughs> eat it up and shit it out, actually, uh, because <laughs> it's incredible. Those Not are incredible. Not on camera, please. Not on camera. No, 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 no. I just shit behind closed doors. Thank you. Yes. That's my, that's my quick review. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Corey said. It's addictive, addictive, addictive. I love it. And um, just mad about the ammo, though. Stupid. All right. Well, that is a pretty good summation. We will. I'm sure we will check back uh, on Mass Effect. Uh, yeah, when, when I when I finish, finish. You know? For sure. For sure. There, there's going to be a lot to discuss, I'm sure. Okay. We may even need to do a little spoiler section on it. We'll see. Um, uh, one more game and then a shout out and then we are out. Uh, for me, I want to just really briefly cover a game called Beautiful Desolation. Uh, comes out in two days. So by the time this podcast goes up, the embargo will be down. Perfect timing on my part, if I do say so yes. myself. Uh, so this is, it looks like a top-down Diablo or maybe like old-school Fallout sort of a thing, but the developers and the publisher are like really going out of their way to say, that is not what it is. Please don't expect that when you come to this game. To which I say, thank you for telling me. My expectations were properly set. Yes, it is it's actually, about expectations. People. It is. It's really, it's really about expectations, dude. It can really make or break something from the get-go. I agree with you. Uh, what it is, uh, despite the way it looks, it is actually a point-and-click adventure game. So it looks very different from the usual kind of uh, adventure games we get. But it is absolutely like, you know, go here, pick up this item, this item combines with this other item, and then this thing goes in this other block, and then you get a little further, you talk to people. So, I mean, full disclosure, and I think people who listen to this show probably already know, people who read Game Critics probably already know, I am not the biggest fan of point-and-click games. I like them when they are stripped down and very easy to play. Uh, my two favorites are probably um, Nine Witches or um, Dark Side Detective. I think those are excellent. Those are exactly my speed. This game is much more of the traditional, like, here's this open... you know, Not open world, but like here are several screens that you can walk through and move your cursor around and see what's on the screen and pick up something and maybe this combines with something else Combining maybe it doesn't objects, yeah look at this object and i'm like okay this is kind of a drag um to to its credit if you push a button it will tell you everything on screen that you can interact with which is great yeah. so you don't have to do pixel hunting so that's good very good props for that um but i gotta say it's not very intuitive or at least to me as a person who is not an expert in this genre or who doesn't even really like this genre very much it is not very intuitive i got stuck a lot i got i had to look up faqs way too often for my taste because I just could not figure out where I was supposed to go or what I was supposed to do. I mean, it was really frustrating. Um, so I just, from a gameplay perspective, it wasn't working for me, but I will say visual design is awesome. It's kind of like a weird techno post-apocalypse, but also mixed with current day, like lots of robots, lots of metal alien stuff happening. It reminds me a lot of um, the movie district nine. If you ever Ooh, seen that movie, yeah, that's a good movie where it's like, Aliens come to Earth and then they're kind of bringing their technology, but there's a lot of Earth stuff still here. And it's this weird clash of like cultures. So it looks like that. And it's also ironic because just like District 9, this game, and I don't know if it's inspired by District 9, could be, is also set in South Africa. So that's not a setting that we get very often. The people talking in this game are absolutely South Africans. They talk like that. They got the accent. I cannot do it now. I will not do it for you. But if you know what South African people talk like, uh, the white ones anyway. 
that's what they sound like. And so that's what these people sound like. So there's a, a lilt to it mm-hmm. that we don't often get in the voice acting, which is interesting. The dialogue is interesting. Um, I love the way it looks, man. I kind of kind of wish it was like a different kind of game because I would be super into it. But I just kept bashing my head against the game. And I couldn't figure out what to do. So if you're an adventure gamer and if you like these point and click games, I definitely recommend it. I think it's really unique looking, interesting. Uh, South Africa is a great uh, setting that we don't often see. But if you don't like those games, definitely stay away because it is a classic one of those, despite what it mm, looks like. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. I, I looked at it on uh, GOG.com uh, right now, and it totally looks like old school Fallout 1 and 2. It does, and it is not that and it's at not all. That. Yeah. And then I saw like next to the category puzzles, and I was like, step back, Carlos, step back. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, fun tangent, I just did another sketch because, you know, I'm always promoting my comedy sketches. You're always doing sketches. Uh, and I just went on puzzles. And I think you would like it. Did you see it yet or you didn't see it? I don't think I've seen it yet. I'll no. send it to you. But yeah, it, it, for me and puzzles like show up in games, especially like RPGs all the time. And I'm like, I just want to get the thing. I don't want to align the orbs with the f- torches, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I can't I can't stomach another puzzle right now. It is amazing that you said that, dude, because your intuitive segues tonight, except for that one, <laughs> nice. are all really good, man. You nice. just fucking killed it right there. Because I'm right with you, brother. I want to just get the thing. I don't really want to do the puzzle. I don't really want to go to all the trouble of doing that thing when usually it's just like this simple thing. And the reason I bring this up is because against all logic, against all odds, I am currently playing Resident Evil 7 Biohazard right now. The game that I thought I was too scared to play. I decided to jump in and play it. And that is a perfect summation of my experience with the game so far before i before i say that carlos have you played uh seven yeah yeah and we talked about a little bit on the show um i i found it uh creepy but kind of unnecessarily creepy and i don't know i i don't think i'm a resident evil fan anymore unfortunately but uh you know you lose your hand but then your hand comes back i remember all the kind of like frustrations i had with it but yeah um, the really difficult i felt like early difficult bosses and stuff but uh, anyways, but there's a lot of horse puzzles or horse keys or See, and that's the thing, horse right? doors. And that's the thing. I would have I would have said I am no longer a Resident Evil fan uh, because I just I don't like that kind of stuff, right? But then I got the FOMO, I fell into Resident Evil Village, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is actually pretty cool and fun. I had a pretty great time with Village, and I'm like, oh okay, well this is fun. I would like some more of this. Uh, maybe I should go back and play Resident Evil Seven because. I want to see where the story started. I want to see more from Ethan Winters, although he is a Bitcoin investor. I do want to see what happened to him in the in the game before this, and I was really curious. Mm. Strong story ties between seven and eight, like they are direct, directly connected in many ways, which I will not spoil right here. Um, so I I jumped into it, and as I'm playing it, I'm like, ah, fuck. Okay, this is just like old old school Resident Evil, where you're just like in a big house with a million locked doors. Yeah. And the fucking item limits are driving me insane dude i am constantly running back to my goddamn item box to drop some shit off because i'm my hands are too full and i can't pick up the things that i need and i got run back and then it's like i'm all constantly looking at my map and like which door am i going to and it's this door and i'm like oh man like this is uh, okay this is why i dropped out of resident evil because I, I don't think i like this gameplay very much man right i yeah. just really don't and i think village uh like you were saying also like village has a lot more action to it and it just feels like it's um a streamlined process, I feel like, more yeah. than more than like a seven, which is again more like finding the keys to doing the thing. And there's there's like a lamp you put it, and they have to look at the shade oh my God, of the yes, lamp. And I was like, yes. I don't want to do a silhouette of a lamp. I'm trying to, 
Get out of here. There's zombies. Yeah, I mean, 100 percent, dude. Like, I just, you know, I got into the game. It was scary at first, but then the irritation destroyed the scariness. Right. Like right. I was so like, oh, fuck, I got to go back to the item box again. God damn it. Run back there. And then it's like, oh, here's a here's a thing where you got to put a lamp. Where's the lamp? And then it's like oh, a puzzle lamp. to get the lamp. And then, so you know, like you're doing all this nonsense stuff and they even make a joke about it. Right. Like there's an item you can get in Resident Evil 7. Uh, it's a receipt from a uh, renovator and it's like oh we're charging you for the shadow block moving wall puzzle that we just installed oh, for you that's at seven thousand dollars it's really funny uh, right they're uh, they're making a comment about it because they know how goofy it is right? yeah so that was funny but making a joke about it doesn't negate the fact that i'm still doing it and i just i'm not like in love with like the back and forth and i get this key and go back to the other place and backtrack over here and oh my hands are full and i go back to the box it's just like not cool and fun and I'm just not like enjoying it very much, which is weird because I had a great time with eight and it just shows how different those games are. The pacing's different. The level of puzzles is different. The focus in each area is super different. I mean, I know people like seven a lot and I've heard a lot of people say they like seven better than eight. For me, I think it's way flip. I think eight is a way more engaging, way more fun game than seven is. I'm not, you know, I'm not shit talking it. I will finish it. I'm still going through it, but like, I just I roll my eyes sometimes when I'm like, oh, okay, what is this key shape like? Oh, it's a scorpion. Okay, cool. Wait. Oh, wait. Is this not fit the bird lock? Okay, wait. Where's the, the bird, bird lock? Okay. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, my okay. my sketch has um uh this characters they're trying to find a chest. Oh, they found a chest, and there's like these orbs, and there's also like uh, bird statues, <laughs> and the guy's like, oh no, it's got bird statues, and the guy's like, why? What's is that a problem? And he's like, oh, and it's got torches. Forget it. I'm out of here. This thing has got orbs and torches and bird yeah, statues. And the yeah. guy's like, but I could figure it out. And he tries to figure it out. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. And by the way, friend of the show, Steve Haskey, I, I feel like he's always like floating around when we talk about Resident Evil, in my head at least. And he likes seven better than eight. Uh, because again, a certain subset of people like the old school. Yeah. Almost like, like four, that old school you know? style. Yeah. yeah. If you like that style. I mean, seven's great if you like the backtracking, the weird keys, the puzzles. That's totally what it is. And if you like that, awesome. But that's also why I kind of fell off the series as well. So yeah. 8 brought me back. And then when I went further back, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not back for this. I'm back for 8, but I'm not back for It's seven. like a different so, audience, you know? And I think totally, that that's interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, before yeah. we leave the GOG thing, though, because you mentioned yeah. that, uh, or I mentioned it. I went to the site just now, and I, I'm still a little confused on what they do. Because they're part of CD Projekt Red, right? Like They the, are. They're owned by CD Projekt Red. They, Project they Red. made yeah. it. Okay. But back in the day, I remember going to GOG for like all the old school games I couldn't find anywhere. Yeah. Um, and they still have those. But then they have new games too. So what? Like I'm fucking confused on how that system works where CD Projekt Red works with third parties, publishers and developers to sell their games, kind of like Epic, Game Store, Steam. But but why? But Why? I think they're just making money. It's just an alternative to Steam. If you don't want to do Steam, if you don't want to do Epic, they're just another another store, another piece of that pie that they want to get for the market. I mean, it's interesting because like I'm just <clears throat> fascinated by how they do those deals, right? And like, which ones do they get? I'm sure they, you know, Steam has exclusives, right? Oh yeah, and Epic too. And Epic too. And so I just didn't know that they were really so. I haven't been back to the site for a while. So focused on you know, dying lights on the homepage and like. Uh, you know, Biomutant. They're selling Biomutant. Like, yeah. well, I, I'm very confused by it's God. not just good old games; it's good new games too. I know. Then you should change the name. By the way, real quick, last thing about GOG, who all of a sudden is part of this show. 
Uh, Heroes of Might and Magic is one of my favorite games of all time. Have we talked about this on the show? We have a couple times, yes. Okay. Heroes of Might and Magic 3 is probably the best one. They have it for like $1.99 right now. So if you like turn-based strategy games with fantasy element, do yourself a favor. Go back in the history books. Do yourself some research. Like learn where you where we've, we've uh, where you, it's all came where we from. came from. Yeah, yes. I can't speak. And uh, go get Heroes Three Complete one ninety nine motherfucker. A dollar. That's like cheaper than a cup of coffee. Yes, it's cheaper than my Starbucks mocha. Heroes Three Complete. Go get it. You will not be. Uh, I can't say words. Mistaken. Disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> or mistaken. You might be mistaken, but you will not be disappointed. You won't be mistaken. Uh, no. If Shit. you thought you were buying Heroes of Might and Magic 2 and you got 3, you would be mistaken. Right. But you wouldn't in be disappointed. In that very specific. Yes, in that specific circumstance. I haven't podcasted in a while. Have I mentioned that? Okay, we're done. You're back from the Badlands. Lucky for you, this show is over. So you Yay. can rest and recuperate. Really quick before we go, shout out to John Cheatham and Adderblack39 for giving us retweets of the last show. Thank you, Thank gentlemen, you. very Thank much. You. Every retweet helps. Every bit counts. We love uh, people supporting us, the listeners supporting us. Thank you very much, both of you, for your retweets. Thank you. Uh, and that is it for this show. Uh, as usual, but before we go, want to get your questions, want to get your comments, hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at sovideogames, but we are also available individually. Carlos, now that you are back from your black site in the Badlands, where can people find you? Always YouTube.com slash a lot of things, but also go over to TikTok because that's where everybody sees my sketches now. They just don't. People aren't on checking me out on YouTube because it's hard. You know, people, YouTube is a, a crazy pile of gazillion videos, I think is the number now. Maybe so it's two gazillion at this point. Just TikTok. And when you're on TikTok, just search video game sketch, all one word, video game sketch. That's where my new shit is. People are finding it there. I just put up one about the puzzles. It's up right now. And also, before I go, I know it's at the very end of the show, but that snowboarding game that I mentioned is called Carve Snowboarding, and it's coming out on the Quest. Uh, so check out Carve Snowboarding from Chuhai Labs. If you're here at the end, by the way, congratulations. You made it. You, thank you very much for putting up so with all much. our bullshit this whole yeah, time. I yes, I yeah, I can't believe this. Yeah, so thanks. Yeah, you're Anyways. tough. Thank you for being tough. And, you're tough. And, and getting through all this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, what are we talking about? We're talking about social media. As for me... The usual, uh, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's, on Twitter, on Instagram. And that is going to do it for episode 234. Thank you again for joining us, you tough people, on the So Video Games podcast. And we will see you next Friday. In the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carlos. By the way, did Corey ever do that? Is that what you guys did? He did. He just said bye, and you said bye, and that was it. Then they wrapped. Yeah. So what I just did is the actual ending of the show for the first time. 